0: All right, so we're ever closer to the very next Marvel movie, Phase Four, and with that college football, that was a terrible game to watch last night. Everyone was just anticipating the end of the third quarter, like myself, I, and then I turned it off.
1: I, I'm really glad, uh, from a, coming from a Florida fan, that Georgia now owns the most forgettable national championship game of all time. Dude, so
0: I, no one, I, I, no like in in ten years, someone would be like, "Oh, that was a game."
1: Yeah, it was like that was just yeah. How did
0: TCU get into the championship? Like, how did they let that happen? That's going to be a a repeat conversation. But anyways, the only reason I was watching it was because I was waiting to see what they were going to give us in the newest Ant-Man 2 trailer. About two minutes long. I will say a lot of stuff that we already saw. A lot of stuff that we already saw. A couple new things. They definitely confirmed that Scott Lang, in some way, shape, or form, ain't making it out of this movie. Even though we see two Scotts, so I think there's a way that they kill off Scott Lang, but Paul Rudd stays in the MCU. I think they'll be able to figure that one out. Oh,
1: okay, okay, yeah. You know what I'm saying? I mean, it's best exactly. of both worlds. It could, yeah, because like I'll let you finish and then I'll get into my segment.
0: That was one thing I pulled from the trailer. The only other thing that I finally got from the trailer is we got our first quickest little glance of Modoc and what he's going to look like. And as, like, breakdowns of the trailer have come out online, there's definitely frames where you can see him with the, the mask that we saw in some of the, like, concept art where he's kind of like a full metal face. But then also... You see big head, you see a big head, big face, like they're going full comic accurate version of MODOK. And with that, it's kind of hard to tell, and I don't think anyone's 100% sure yet, but it seems to me from the way that this face looks in the background of this one shot that they're going the route of what has been rumored, that Corey Stahl, who played Darren Cross in the first Ant-Man movie, or the Yellow Jacket, when he got shrunk down, he ended up in the quantum realm and he somehow morphed and became the new version of MODOK, which is, that's perfect MCU retcon at its finest. Like they've done things like that in the past where they combine and mesh multiple characters together to create like a worthwhile arc. But other than that, oh my God, I just saw it. Other than that, I think I'm ready to see it. I'm ready. Modoc is one of the most ridiculous characters in the Marvel universe, but also one of the most, like, not iconic, but like, he goes up against nearly every single character in Marvel. He is a villain that is used across the board against every single hero in most runs. So it's very
1: excited to see him get his film debut. What I've kind of gathered with, uh, with any time, like, a second trailer comes out for a Marvel film that we just have already seen footage for, I like to kind of. Like, right off the bat, I'm like, okay, well, we already saw this clip. We already saw this clip. Which I, I'm fine with because you don't want anything spoiled. And we know how my voice was towards the last phase. I, I'm i probably a better supporter of Ant-Man than and I know you are. But, like, most people that we know really compare Ant-Man and Captain Marvel at, like, the bottom tier of the in films and whatnot, of the standalone Egregious. universe. Egregious. I, yeah, I mean, I find, like, Paul Rudd is, like, the most harmful human being, like, he doesn't mean any like, harm when he's playing a superhero, and I thought it was oh, really okay. cool to get him. Who was, do you remember who the original Ant-Man was supposed to be when it was Edgar Wright? Because I thought they announced it, and it, it like... No, because I, I can't remember,
0: it's not like a Joaquin Phoenix, Doctor Strange, or Tom Correct. Cruise Iron Man situation. I don't think it was, like, a huge, huge, huge name.
1: Um, well, I'm going to check it out. What's really funny, though, when I was watching this trailer was seeing Michael Douglas on it. I was like, oh, that's just like what Michael Douglas was in the 80s and 90s, and now seeing him a part of, of Marvel is pretty funny. But I I, I mean, I'm excited. I think the issue I have with this film, not an issue, but it just, it really seems obvious that they're trying to make this more Kane's film than Ant-Man's film, and I'm going to not like that part, even though I'm going to like seeing Kane. Um, but obviously that's, I can't really like fully judge it apart that, but I mean, Paul Rudd's been such a great addition to, um, not just like, Am to the Marvel universe, because he is able to play off of like everyone. I mean, rewatching all those scenes where he interacts with, I mean, he was primarily Avenger number seven in Endgame, and he was able to go toe-to-toe with like the original six, which was so cool to see. Mm. Um, but I, I mean, it's, it's going to be fun, obviously, um, as the news phase starts off. I'm not going to be as harmful towards it. My one thing, though, is this film's going to take place, like, widely in a CGI universe, almost. And I just hope it doesn't fully really take me from the film. I, I hope that there's enough material there that makes me want to uh, enjoy
0: it. Well, I want it to be, like, trippy visually, and, like, while they're, like, from what we see in this trailer, at least, it looks like they're doing, like, some crazy things with the effects in the world and, like, the quantum realm being, like, this insane mix of mm-hmm. universes underneath ours in a microscopic way. So, like, that's... If they lean into that, I'll be happy, but, yeah, I, I kind of get what you're saying. We need more substance over style when it comes to the world.
1: and I And I do get... Like my mistake when it comes to um, like, there's really no way to tell the Ant-Man story without obviously having a lot of CGI because he is Ant-Man. Mm-hmm. But I don't want to like fully bash it. So I had so I found this is interesting knowing where we are now, almost eight years later, and what Ant-Man has been inside this universe. The in the running for the role now. This doesn't guarantee anything, but I think this is interesting to share: Adrian Brody, Ewan McGregor, and Joseph Gordon-Levitt. Those are bad. I mean, it's not. I think Joseph Gordon-Levitt would have been really fun, but I think Paul Rudd was the right choice, obviously.
0: Well, they definitely were never going to do the Hank Pym as a younger person mm-hmm. route. Because, like, well, as like most of us know in the comics, Hank Pym was the original Ant-Man that, like, hung out with Di- Iron Mans and Hulks and was the Avenger with Janet Van Dyne. But in the MCU, they aged him up so that they could bring in the second Ant-Man, who was Scott Lang, as the main focal point of the series, but like yeah. all of those actors you just named, shout out Scott Pym and not Hank Pym, or Scott Lang and not Hank Pym to me.
1: hmm hmm But, you know, we're we're almost like a month away, so we're getting real close to, uh, to that. But Absolutely. Honestly, here's what I'm looking forward to, folks. Today, we just got the trailer for... Uh, part of our segment that's going to be coming up later, our most anticipated of the year. But We got our first look at Ari Aster's new film, Bo is Afraid, uh, originally titled Disappointment Boulevard. uh This film stars Joaquin Phoenix. There's also looks to be uh, some fun bits with Amy Ryan and Nathan Lane that I'm obviously head of the Oh, dude. Michael Gandolfini in it. Oh, yeah. what's he playing? Ooh, that's cool. Okay. <laughs> um, So this... This was originally going to be a, like, a the th- almost, what, three, six-hour comedic disaster film, like, a comedic horror film when R.E.S. was making this, and A24 was, like, you got to kind of cut it down, so, for like, for the last, like, four, six months, when people thought it was going to come out last year for the award circuit happening right now, it, it like, it's not going to happen because it's too long, he won't edit it down, and it looks like, you know, obviously, where we are now, it, he was able to do some of that in its own way, but it just, it looks like... Joaquin Phoenix is on his way to see his mom, and it's just this this odyssey journey on his way to, I guess, reconnect with her. And on the way, it's just nightmare scenarios happening, and it's it looks like a comedy and a a horror film blended together. And if it's Ariash, it's coming from Arias, you know what you're gonna get. this won't be the last time we talk about it. I think the trailer did a really good job at like giving you an awareness of what to expect rather than like, we're only going to show you a snippet. And then you see like so much more stuff when you're watching the movie. I And I don't want it to pull away from people, but this looks exactly what I was wanting. Um, Ari Asher's two for two. It looks like he might be three for three. Comes out April 21st. Let's fucking go.
0: Oh dude. 20 on the 21st. That means we can probably watch it on the 20th. Hitler's birthday. Um. (laughs)
1: this has been sponsored by
0: yeah no uh yeah this is a really weird title for joker too and i don't know why we don't get to see him in the clown makeup at all
1: oh i think they're saving it
0: (laughs) yeah no uh this i remember the conversation around ari aster's (laughs) new horror comedy for, like, the last three years now, and, like, we've just been waiting and waiting and waiting, and then we heard about Joaquin Phoenix being a part well, of it. He, get even he signed more on,
1: like the second he won Best Actor, too, so it, right. it added more anticipation. So we've just been, like, waiting
0: to see what this could possibly be, and like you said, it's gone through name changes and stuff over the years, so we knew it as the one thing, and now it's now it's Bo is, uh, is Afraid, and now that we're, like, seeing what this looks like, Ari Aster's mind is like something I would like to explore on uh, on a metaphysical level because the things he thinks of and like the, the visions he has for the things he's trying to put on screen are truly one of a kind. And when when this trailer just kept shifting back and forth, like I couldn't really catch a comprehensive story in the trailer, which is something that I appreciate. But like by the time he's walking around in like a paper cutout cartoon world, I'm like, yeah, I'm very much sold on this. This looks out there, it looks weird, it looks crazy, it looks very much the like the stuff I'm into. So I'm very excited to see what uh he's got for the third time around.
1: Mm-hmm. No, I I yeah, dude, hats off, man. This is gonna be something special.
0: Absolutely. But yeah, all right, let's send it into the show and talk some new stuff. Woo 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 woo. This is how I win. I'm not even supposed to be here today!
1: Life moves pretty fast. You don't stop and look around once in a while. You could miss it. How can you not be romantic about baseball?
0: Yeah, well, you know, that's just like, uh, your opinion, man. Well, you know, for me, the action is the juice. No, no, you, you complete me.
1: I'm the king of the world! If you don't have a good sense of humor, you're better off dead. 69, dudes!
0: Welcome back to the Sin and Rivals podcast, folks. We're back from a short hiatus here after the new year. Episode 51... Here goes 50 more. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, anyways, when we start this podcast off today, we are going to go through a couple of the new movies, one of which from last year, two of which already from the year 2023. We're already getting on top of our game here early, even though the movies we watched, not that great. Um, But then by the end of the podcast, we're going to stop and discuss our most anticipated movies of this new year, what we're looking forward to probably our ten most anticipated, and we'll get to that when we get to that but first, like I said, a movie that we just let slip through our fingers before our last recording session of our podcast last year Puss and Boots: the Last Wish a movie that seemingly everyone has been talking about rave reviews across the board from not only just like kids and families but Critical reviews, like getting very, very high scores on Rotten Tomatoes and and IMDb and whatnot. And it's the second Puss in Boots movie in the sixth or seventh franchised Shrek movie. And DreamWorks just decides, oh, let's put out a highly above average animated feature with a all time villain. And a brand new fast paced animation style that kind of like was like that thing that reinvigorated this idea for this movie. And I think kind of makes it feel a little bit that much more special. But after saying all that, if I'm coming in here with my personal opinion, I'm not quite on the hype train with everyone else. I think this is a very, very good Uh, Animated film. I do not think this is like an all time animated film and like one of DreamWorks best movies ever. I really don't think so. I think because this movie is not nearly long enough as it should be with a multitude of villains that go from okay to exceptional it felt like a little bit unbalanced and I was like, I was not head over heels about this movie. I do like it. I do think it's very good. And DreamWorks has been stepping their game up as of late, putting out more and more suitable stuff and things that are competing with Disney once again, especially when Disney's on a, on a uh, slow run of themselves. But yeah, I just, I was, I didn't love this movie, but I really liked this movie.
1: Uh, I would, I would say, you know, the year 2022 was not uh, the kindest for animation. There really wasn't a whole lot that stood out. I mean, it looks like what's going to win animated film of the year is going to be a story that has been rehashed and rehashed and rehashed, and it is what that is, um, unless there's a small chance. a, a wait, 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 stro- wait, 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 wait. Do you think this
0: is going to win best animated film now?
1: No, I said what's a story that's already been rehashed. Read between the lines. Pinocchio okay there we go folks thank you oh uh, you should fine. see his reaction um well pinocchio's in this movie too so in your face uh yeah better version if you ask me uh yeah, that sweet. is one of the best versions of pinocchio is the shrek <laughs> version i i mean i i didn't i did not hate the film i just i don't think the script was as obviously like i mean it's pretty freaking morbid for a kid's film like it handled it talks oh my about god like like you wouldn't believe it and i'm kind of wondering like are we at the point where we just have to start making animated films more suitable for adults? Because this is
0: crazy. Well, I mean that's what Pixar's always been doing, but yeah, Perito is like, yeah, the, my owners threw me at the bottom of a lake, and I was able to get out, and they were,
1: like, they literally it's talk like, about dude, trying to dude, murder a dog. Yeah, yeah, it's crazy. Um, I, don't, I mean, it. I didn't. I, I, animation was really good, though. I will admit really, that it was dude. pretty po- positive to see. Uh, just the sights. I wasn't a fan of the first person Boots but this one was i thought was substantially uh, more better um i will say afterwards i am in a dire position for wanting florence Pugh to play a live action version of goldilocks um if i can put money in a jar and and raise money for that i would i would certainly do so but i i i mean i didn't hate, dislike it but like we were saying i mean this year's been such a wishy washy with animation I, I i'm curious to see how this it ends the year in a more more respectful way to say but I'm just I'm also kind of upset at how it ends because I don't I think that's the biggest uh blue balls you can give a man honestly like yeah no teasing, I mean it was pretty honestly not respectable for the older generations I,
0: I think it was DreamWorks saying hey we know we've talked about doing a Shrek 5 since 2016 it's still on the docket it's coming eventually I think that's what that was and I will say, if they do make a Shrek 5, I do not want it in the animation style that this movie was in. I want it to look like the other Shrek movies.
1: hmm Well, easily. Definitely. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I don't know.
0: Yeah, like I said, we're at the we at the Cinder Rivals podcast are not nearly as high on this movie as a lot of pe like, dude, a lot of critics fucking are over the moon about this movie. And
1: I just Hmm? Is that why you drafted it last night? Hmm.
0: Well, I'd be, I mean, I'd, it's I, going to get, I would... it's one of the five best nominated, or it's one of the five best animated films of the year. So I, I picked it up because it's going to get nominated, but mostly because I noticed that I, yeah, I have Wendell and wild, but those are getting nominations. Chase had strange world. Yeah. So I snagged it before he could get it.
1: I listen. I, if- it came Oscar Night and this was announced as best animated film, I wouldn't be upset. I wouldn't. So I think that's that earns Dude.
0: I love that it's a competitive year in that category with Marcel the Shell and Pinocchio from Guillermo del Toro. And now this movie, it's like the first year that like it's three movies and Disney is nowhere in the conversation.
1: That was and they had movies that came out. And they had five so, four so movies that came out this year. Yeah. All right. Well, we can um we could shift that one kids movie kids oriented movie to a, a child oriented film, right? No. Yeah. It's no just absolutely. A toy, it's just a toy used to uh as a coping mechanism for young children that have it's gone a, through
0: it's a toy for that kid who has no friends.
1: Yeah. Uh so in case you haven't heard, Megan came out this week and made quite the uh the debut, uh racking in almost thirty million dollars, which is almost double its uh, its budget which oh my God. I mean, people pay to watch horror films this has like about a 94 in rotten tomatoes which once again proves that that criteria is just unacceptable unacceptable yeah, we were
0: just talking about how critics were high on puss and boots what the fuck are they smoking with
1: this yet, movie yet they gave yet they give Babylon like a 56 Dude, so it
0: makes yeah it's kind of it, egregious in my opinion
1: i this don't movie's I not don't, good just, there's a lot of things we just can't trust in society anymore, um, and I don't want to start putting in people's opinions on film in that category, but I think we might have to. I think this is the year where critics' reviews and ratings just get shot through the wall. I mean,
0: they're off to a terrible start.
1: They are. They're 0-1. The box office, really? now listen, the box office is 1-1, one for one, and we can support that, but we don't have to support the film that earns it. Yeah,
0: that. a bad movie is, it can make <laughs> money, but when people are saying it's a good movie, that's where we got to draw the line
1: i i mean i'm just exhausted it's like okay so like you know what megan's about and i think as you and i were watching this film together there's just it's it's copying a lot from chucky and i think that oh, part's yeah. obvious. And, and it's not using the whole spiritual dead serial killer realm of of that nature but i mean we all know what ai does because then once it becomes a story of ai evolving then you're looking at What I, what the joke that runs that will always run infamous with, oh, it's Skynet. And then I like how you're what you were saying with it being Ultron. It's like we're able to puncture more jokes into what AI technology can involve to when it gets out of hands. And it's like we've been here before. And Allison Williams playing the, the lead character here, she shows like no investment in like understanding she's supposed to be this brilliant genius and that's her job. But then when the situation starts arising and all of a sudden, bodies start popping up not to mention there's not there's hardly any body count in this film this is kind of like the halloween ends film we had a couple years ago Mm -hmm. where it advertises as a a near slasher but they don't do too much and that could be due to the pg-13 edit but i just it seemed like she on a character built like a character art kind of assessment she like really failed as a whole and then her niece is probably one of the worst performances i've seen in a while because like we joked about and you brought it up um If you remember, you can say it about her grieving process, because I don't want to like totally steal your thunder here. Oh, yeah.
0: She was more upset over losing Megan than her two parents
1: in a car crash. Yeah. And and it didn't even click to me until you said that. I was like, wow, this this is like she finally started
0: like screaming and freaking out in the car. But like moments after we find out that her parents were like in a tragic car crash and her aunt's picking her up at the hospital. She's just like, so this is my room. Yeah. And like even what, now, I now, would be like, where's yeah. my mommy and dad? Like she's not an old girl. Yeah. And that else, it that's that's where my problems in this film lie. They're two major problems. They did a fucking terrible job setting up the characters before introducing this Megan character. And then Megan was unsatisfying throughout the entire movie. Like she was supposed to be your appeal piece, your like campy, ridiculous murderer slasher. That was going to like lead you through this whole film. So maybe you can give a little leeway of not establishing the introduction story for our characters like that's fine. But you made us not care about the characters you made Megan not really interesting at all. And the most egregious thing that probably hindered this film from being as successful as it could have been, even though like I'm saying that but it is making money and getting a high Rotten Tomato score, so I don't know how much more conventionally successful you can get. But this PG-13 rating is one of the most egregious uh, examples of a studio strictly hindering a movie from being what it could potentially be solely for financial gain. It's January. We get it. Right now, the people you're going to get in January are like, teenagers and like people with a little bit of extra free time who didn't get like off on the holidays or whatnot. And you just got to get their butts in seats and to get teenagers and like younger audiences, butts in seats, you have to make a PG 13 or they have to be 17. It is a like, it is a legitimate rule that hinders a movie from making more money. And we get that. But when you are, putting this PG 13 rating on this movie. When you are giving us these scenes that are like about to go the place where you want it to go, because I think the studio knew what they were doing with this movie. They weren't making a conventional horror movie. They were trying to make the campy kitschy so bad. It's funny and outrageous movie. Like, like troll two, or even like the room, like they were intentionally trying to make that kind of movie. But every time we almost got to that kind of yeah. movie, it cuts away. It sh- it it like hides the 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 amount of gore and bloodiness and graphic horror that it could have like threw in our faces and really elevated that whole experience for me as an audience member. But every time that I thought the movie was gonna get good, it's like and next scene, and that was just, I couldn't take that. Like I really couldn't. Yeah, it, like, it, it, I laughed a lot, but it wasn't. It wasn't laughing because the movie was
1: trying to get a laugh out of me. There's this whole like crowd of people who are talking of, of its campiness and how it's in on the joke, and I feel like it's in on the joke, this, but it's
0: not taking the joke as far as it can go, and that's my issue. I, well, it's in on the I, joke, but they're not doing. They're not making a good joke.
1: There's there's a lot of. Uh, scenes where it's like when it when it like in terms of physics it, that can't be pulled off uh i've i m- my brother and i we've we've we fucked around with the power washer ones like you don't get blown 10 yards behind you um quite quite frankly you just don't uh and i know because like you obviously uh were saying this to me but like when i was voicing my frustration like obviously people because say, well like, oh you didn't like it going into it i at least gave it the time of the day I did. I mean, at a point where I wasn't going to watch that many movies this year that didn't interest me, I at least sat there and gave this movie the full ninety minutes. I will say though, like what uh, what was frustrating with me was like Megan looked really fake. It she did, and I know that she's not real in terms of like it, it, the universe went whatnot. But like, in I mean, this, dude, film, that's universe, like saying Alita doesn't real. look real.
0: CGI is CGI. It is. <laughs> We're not because in the we are better. we
1: are still years from a world a glo- where you we can say do it yourself. There was like very glossy tone to her face when but there But it's because angles. she
0: was supposed to look like a
1: doll. Uh, I it just it distract I mean it it just at I was fair. just like come on. Fair. I don't know. I I was very uh and like there was a scene where this kid was about to rape the doll. Like he was in the yeah, process of it before making it over. I don't know. I just it it in like what you call like it was very predictable in its oh, yeah. um, foreshadowing because you were you're like oh that robot is gonna be the one that kills Megan and then sure yep. enough and I don't even like, fucking spoilers who cares if you're one of the 30 million that's seen this or congratulations I <laughs> I don't know I it's really it's just oh, it's frustrating it is it really is like when you know when people come to me this year and they you like, oh, that art house film of yours that you love so much. It's really not that good. I'm going to remind people of how actually fucking shitty Megan is, and then we'll get together. I worry about the people like James Bond and, and Jason Blumhouse. I mean, I, I don't think Blumhouse cares. Well, but
0: Jason coffee. Blumhouse is going to say every movie that his company makes is good. Mm. That's just a part of the job.
1: I'm I'm out of coffee to keep that conversation going. Nah, it's all right.
0: <laughs> yeah. I mean, I just... I was ready to enjoy it like a motherfucker because of everyone else enjoying it as I, much as they
1: did. And then it I never, had it more time out there. I enjoyed myself more in Morbius than I did in this film. And that movie gets shit on like no other.
0: I mean, no.
1: <laughs>
0: Anyways, if you don't have any more thoughts on that, we can talk about another movie that. Oh
1: if, yes. Uh, please. The, let the Scott Cooper expert take us off. What
0: the fuck? What did I say this time? I like... If you said Ed his transition talents. Transformative, talents? Transformative oh, talents? Oh, I'm sorry that sounds better than... He's really good at making you feel like you're in the place that he wants you to make you feel like you are in.
1: Uh, I looked. You've only seen two movies of his. I've seen two. That's surprising. <laughs> and, I, and I've been telling you to see a couple of them as well. What the fuck's the other one? He's... he's so, okay, so Scott Cooper's directed uh yeah here we go first, this isn't the first time he's worked with christian bale uh so obviously we're talking about the pale blue eyes the pale blue eye which is the netflix film starring christian christian bale and scott cooper but scott cooper directed christian bale in out of the furnace hostiles and now this one i think right off the bat uh hostiles is one of like the most underrated films i think in the last couple of years that movie is just really 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 good and christian bale obviously makes it what it is um but like what you're talking about with how it how he's able to what's up? No,
0: I ha- okay. So I have not seen. I've only seen one. I and- I want to watch. I still need to watch Crazy Heart. That is a movie that has been on my watch list for a very long time. But I have seen a movie he acted in, which is Austin Powers: The Spy Who Shagged Me.
1: Okay. Anyways, yeah. No, it, I I think he did. Um, I'll go ahead and and carry this. Uh. Oh.
0: Okay you're but, the Scott Cooper expert clearly. I
1: I, hey I was anticipating this movie and and unfortunately I I, I kind of was led to a, a different um area. But like so I think what starts this film off is you're Christian Bale's he's a seasoned detective but he's it's the advertisement of him working with Edgar Allan Poe, a very young uh Edgar Allan Poe, which that is like what brought me on to it. And Edgar Allan Poe played by Harry Mellon who's now famous from Harry but there's a there's a crime that takes place at a military academy and they bring christian bale to investigate it and i don't want to go into spoilers in this section in my first runoff here but i i enjoyed like obviously the atmosphere he created here and just like that cold and winter vibe to it because i haven't really seen that in a in a detective style film like this in a while and and that was pretty neat uh this was just a film that kind of has the recipe of everything I want from a film like that. But then once we get into um once we get into uh what the story is about and like the mystery unfolding, it kind of got a little slow. I know what you were saying about the pacing is exactly correct. Like there was like solid 30 minutes where I'm just like, oh my God, what's going on? Like it's not that you lost track or you forgot what was happening, but it just almost was like there's too many suspects in a way or there's too many blinding turns. And I just I was kind of wanting a little bit more from it. Uh I thought Christian Bale was fantastic in it. I mean, for a year that he had Thor Levin and Thunder and Amsterdam, I think this was his uh his best take because he didn't get a he, he wasn't able to he didn't get dude, he was a six man playing uh the God Butcher. All right, yeah, he didn't get that many playing times.
0: He was, time. he was like,
1: eating up the scenery, was, bro. You 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 know I I liked him in that one. I, and I think Christian Bell did a, a fantastic job with this one. It's not my favorite with his collaborations of Scott Cooper, uh, and and it's you know it's a really interesting story. It's really cool seeing like a young Edgar Allan Poe kind of uh, learn stuff along this way of what come to know him as as a poet and detective of the detective genres and whatnot. But and going into uh, do you want to say anything before we get into the spoilers? Because there is a section of this film where you well, don't want
0: to spoil I, I, I guess I could I just want to agree with you for the most part. I thought the mystery as a whole worked and the characters worked, but what was my problem with the movie was the structuring and like how the, the movie played out and it just felt like there they're slow burn movies, but sometimes movies just take their good old time and need to pick up the pace and move the the plotting along. And this movie just didn't know how to get to the next scene, to the next person, some of the time, and it felt like there were some really abrupt changes and like how far, like how far along in the time frame are they, how like where they are, I, it was a little bit incoherent in my opinion in that regards. But by the time it got to the end, it started to all weave itself back together. So I was appreciative of that, and like I, like you said up top, I am the. The Scott Cooper expert and this man was like, had a steeped in this like 1890s or whatever old New York army base during the revolutionary times or whatever, uh, and all the snow and all the gothic atmosphere and everything about that oh, nature yeah. just screamed at uh, Edgar Allan Poe and his poetry. So I thought the tone of the movie and the look of it and and the aesthetic was was maybe the best part of the movie, but. Like I said, I just, I just didn't, I didn't follow the movie as well as I think a mystery of this nature needs to, me to to do. And but like you said, like we can talk about the twist at the end. I think that may be one of the, that may be one of the most superior parts of this movie is having this twist of Christian Bale's character, who's the who's the detective, goes about solving this mystery and what seems to be the accurate manner with this like family of people who are like Satan worshipers. But by the very end of the movie, it takes that secondary turn where you find out it was in fact him who was performing these murders in sort of a revenge tear for what happened to his daughter. And that is impressive. I did not see that coming. I when don't you, think I've ever seen a detective story or a murder mystery where this is the outcome, where the person who solved the mystery was the true villain. I mean, you watch more of this stuff than I do, but this is—I
1: don't want to spoil the first
0: it. times I've ever seen yeah. that.
1: Yeah, I don't want to spoil it. Then fair. Yeah. Well, when there was a moment when you called me, and I didn't tell you what I was doing because I was watching the movie and I didn't want to like fully reveal where I was, but I had about. 30 minutes left in the movie, and the case was already solved. And I'm like, mm-hmm. what the fuck? Like, what more could this movie give me, you know?
0: That's that and, dude, totally how I felt leading and, up to that point. And yeah, it's like,
1: it's two hours and ten minutes, which isn't a whole lot, but when you know, when you have 30 minutes left and the big reason why you're here is solved, you're like, okay, there's definitely something coming up. And and I thought, like, obviously with this giant family looking for immortality, like, I like that segment, I I didn't like how like big and distracting the family was to the overall story. Uh, and I think the reason why they did that was, though, to give Edgar Allan Poe a purpose within this story, which makes sense. Uh, however, like what you were just saying with the twist at the end, where it's revealed that Christian Bale's character is the kind of the puppeteer of this all, where he's pulling the strings and he's the puppet himself because he's directing the hand of this detective's case. And he was able to orchestrate a, a mean... Uh, of these are the people that are responsible for all the killings and it wasn't just me like i i really like that and i think christian bale's obviously an actor of his stature that's able to pull that off like imagine if that he's not a bad guy at all like he's can't he's not capable of pulling something like this off well in fact he he is um he it's it was interesting is like when the movie picks up he's at the river and he's he's washing his hands but you don't notice that and then when it gets to the end and it connects the full pieces together and he's actually cleaning the club that he killed the guy with. I thought that was Scott Cooper's best. I yeah, thought that no, was so there's, cool because there's
0: some the excellent, There's some excellent structuring in this movie and there's some some great pieces. There, are, The pieces are all there in this movie. I just think the way that they are laid out what wasn't quite effective enough. There were too many times where I was confused as to where I was in the movie. And that just pulled me out of it, which was unfortunate because other than that, the movie was really actually a superior mystery film. And I was a fan. Like I said, it it's so crazy to me having this situation of the guy who's solving the mystery of the murder gets to write the narrative of who actually did the murders and he just made sure he just had the right people to blame. And like you said, he was pulling all the strings. When we got to that point by the end of the movie, it actually made me more satisfied, like brought my review up because of that ending. And so it it was almost there for me. It just, it, it just had to be a little bit more structurally sound to get that much more of a rating with me. But I'm a fan and I definitely want to give a... At least hostels for sure. I want to watch Crazy Heart. Antlers was a, a big question mark when it came out last year, and I just never got to see it. Or 21. You saw,
1: no, that, you saw Antlers. I don't think I did. No, you did because you were the only one that liked it as much as I did.
0: Bro, I don't think
1: I did. You did. I'm I'm looking at it right right now. You did. You did. Oh cause, cause right! Was With Harry by What's Toro. her face?
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah,
1: but yeah, yeah. Antlers yeah. was also produced by Del Toro, which was really neat. Yes. Um. Yeah. And, I mean. Oh I, yeah,
0: I, and I, Jesse Plemons. It's all coming back so, to me.
1: I always look. Forward, I always look forward to um to like Scott Cooper because I don't think like he doesn't like obviously direct these big blockbuster films and whatnot. I mean, I know when Black Mass came out, that was such a letdown critically for a lot of people that he had. I mean, it w- wasn't what he, you're expecting from him, but he has this upcoming film called uh Hellbound on His Trail. Um, oh, there isn't a me. cast uh, attached to this, but this film is basically it's it's about it's the backdrop of the civil rights movement, the James Earl uh James Earl Ray assassinates Martin Luther King Jr. And this leads to the largest manhunt in the FBI history led by J. Edgar Hoover. So I feel like that is kind of like A movie, I think he can really groundbreak and set an atmosphere of just like this intense two-hour film of you're on the run, catching the guy from two point of views, and I I think that would be really. really It could
0: literally be like a non-cheesy version of the movie Patriots
1: Day. I was thinking Patriots Day. I was thinking uh, Public Enemies because you focus on Christian Bale and Johnny Depp, and and I I think Catch Me If You Can. Maybe can't like. I think we could get a if it has obviously good leads here. I think that could be. I'm in. I I hope it's not the last he worked with Christian Bale. I think they have a really nice, underrated chemistry with one each other, with one another. And uh, Out of the Furnace is a hard, hard watching film, uh, given it subject material with that one. That one's really good too. Uh, and Crazy Art's probably my favorite, uh, mm. again, that in Hostiles because I mean, Jeff Bridges, what an icon. Um, but yeah, I mean, it, I, yeah, I, I mean, I could go on and on about all of his films, but yeah,
0: well. Unfortunately, he doesn't have a movie coming out this year, or else we would get to talk about it here in our next segment.
1: Now the moment you have all been waiting for. I need to go back and listen to this recording from last year where we talk about our, oh, our top no. anticipated films. Because I'm really curious. Like I know I had Batman, and I know I had Don't Really Darling, and Babylon, but I was in maybe Top Gun. Like, I want to see how it, how it played out. Dude, uh, I
0: swear to God, if I had Halloween ends in mind, I'm going to shoot myself.
1: Fingers crossed for Halloween. <laughs> <laughs> you fucking bitch. <laughs> All right. Uh, so so how we're gonna do this is we we each have ten films of our most anticipated, uh, from this year. And what I'm gonna what I like about this, and I know this is gonna be true, is that we're gonna have a very different films to talk about, which is gonna be really great. Um,
0: right. I'm gonna talk about actual films, and you're gonna talk about things no one's gonna see.
1: Uh, people are gonna see it, but probably not till the end of the year when they're given screeners. But that's fair um i do have a a, see here's the thing though like the films that i have selected obviously ring true to me and they also have like very big directors attached to them that haven't been in i mean in screens in a couple time uh big name actors that are my personal favorite stuff that obviously makes sense and to start it off i'm just going to name i'm going to name my 10 through 6 and give you a little like snippets on what to anticipate
0: drop a drop an honorable mention or two also Uh,
1: before you do your 10 through 6 very nice very nice um okay okay i'll drop three because this is such a big list and i'm i'm really trying not to do the blockbusters okay because i okay i know people on here already know about the barbies the creed three the indiana jones the dunes the drama like i know you guys know that so i feel like for me i want to give you some anticipation of something you're unaware of like holy shit that's gonna drop and and yes uh that that's hopefully to be the case um so i recently uh Last year, I was re-watching, uh, I was listening to a podcast on on uh, with the director, and he was talking about one of his upcoming films, and he's not a big-name guy, but he, he's he been been around the works. Uh, his name is Sam Esmail, and he's, if I'm not mistaken, is the creator of Mr. Robot, and he's directed a couple feature films, but mostly television is what he's obviously known for, um, but he has a movie coming up called Leave the World Behind, and it stars Julie Roberts, Mahershala Ali, Ethan Hawke, Kevin Bacon. I'm gonna give you those four. And it's basically about a husband and wife uh, head out to a remote corner on Long Island expecting a vacation with their teenage daughter. However, when the owners of the rental home return in a panic, one night, they suddenly all uh, in the city that they live in suddenly blackouts. These families are now forced to live in this situation without knowing one another, And I and I think it's called Leave the World Behind, and I and I think that could be a sneaky uh, a sneaky entry into like people's top top films of the year. Uh, now, here's one that I don't know if it will come out. Just given, I don't know, but it's directed by Ben Affleck, a personal mm. personal favorite of mine and a, and a friend of the of the pod. Uh, this is Air Jordan. Uh, this is literally the story of Nike's long shot effort in signing superstar Michael Jordan. Ever heard of him uh, to the shoe company and. It's it's going to sound crazy. It's going to look ridiculous, but I mean, this movie stars Matt Damon, Ben Affleck, Jason Bateman, Viola Davis, Chris Tucker, Marlon Wayans, Bro. Uh, uh, Chris, Chris Messini. I mean, there's so many fun people in this film, and I can't wait to see this one. I was about to I, say, this isn't on my this list. Yeah, this, this, this
0: was was wasn't on my list because this doesn't have a release date.
1: But it's already been shot, though, so it's just I don't know That's how crazy. long this is going to be. Now, this other one is a sleeper pick of mine. Umard. Oh, there's, no- there's not much about this one, but this one stars Miles Teller coming off the hot success that he had in this year, and Anna Taylor Joy coming off the hot success that she's had. So she's been a star. Um, but this one's called The Gorge, directed by Scott Dickerson, of very good fame. And it's two very different uh, two very dangerous young Dickerson people.
0: Dickerson by- or Derrickson? Is it Derrickson, the sorry. it's the guy that did yeah. Doctor Strange?
1: Yeah, Derrickson. Okay. Uh two very different dangerous young people find a soulmate in each other despite the corrupt and lethal world that they operate in i feel like this could be some kind of like spy or apocalypse kind of film but i don't know it it kind of really really hit me those wow, those are honorable mentions i i'm easily obviously looking forward to that one um but if we're rounding up my 10 through 6 here i got asteroid city wes anderson's new film uh gonna be a time period piece what I'm excited about this film is that he's working with Margot Robbie, Tom Hanks, and Scarlett Johansson for the first time. I know, um, so I'm excited. Oh, it's about good
0: that. to have new players in a Wes Anderson feature.
1: I'm I'm easily excited about that one. Uh, my next one, number nine. Uh, this is a what's probably going to be a 24's like heavy hitter going into the award season. But uh, this one's called The Iron Claw. This is the story and of the rise and fall of the Von Elrich family that. Basically, was a dynasty of wrestlers that made an impact in the 60s. This stars Zach Efron, Harris oh, right, and Jeremy Island White. I I'm excited for this one. Uh, um I I think this could be like an interesting, and it also has like Lily James, Holt mccallany Mary Turney. Like this has an interesting bunch of people, but I i think this could be like uh a rebirth for Zach Efron. Like people could be like, oh wow, he actually is an actor in some areas
0: yeah i guess the caveat to my list of 50 most anticipated movies of this year was on Letterbox. they had to have 2023 on their date because i didn't have any of these because none of them actually are dated That's with right. tw- 2023 right. well here because I'll, I'll like a- i knew these were coming out i knew about these movies i just uh, i'll give you not... i'll give you
1: one that is going to come out this year
0: okay um, there we go
1: this is a 2023 release date it's gonna it was supposed to come out last year but obviously that things happen but this is om- reported right now the first cut 3 hours directed by Ridley Scott Napoleon with Joaquin Phoenix
0: that is on my list
1: i i, I don't know what it, Joaquin Phoenix and Vanessa Kirby and i i'm in like this is going to be an interesting film the uh,
0: poster has me sold dude yeah, just I, like
1: this Joaquin Phoenix
0: like painting of him in yeah, the french yes. uniform he looks like what yeah. i imagine Napoleon Bonaparte to have looked like
1: yeah, and the fact that we really haven't like gotten anything from him, I'm excited. And really, Scott is like a master at period piece films.
0: And like, yes, this man won the Best Picture performance for a Joker, but this could easily put him back in contention for like a it's performance of this prowess. <laughs>
1: um, yeah, the Joaquin Phoenix has like he's something, man. Uh, and then I got Poor Things, which is Yorgos Lanthimos' next upcoming film. Uh, this will come out Not this on year on
0: my list
1: even even though it doesn't have a real estate. Um, this, this film stars Emma Stone, Willem Dafoe, Mark Ruffalo, Christopher Abbott, Marquette Qualley. Like, this has a really solid cast and supporting cast, but this is about... Um, Gargos is the director of The Favorite, uh, Killing of the Sacred Deer, a director that I'm, like, obviously real interested in, in, Lobster. And this is a film that, upon drowning herself to escape her abusive husband, a woman has her brain replaced with the brain of her unborn child, with the help of an eccentric scientist named Goodwin Baxter, um, William Defoe plays Goodwin Baxter, and I can't. And oh, it there not. it is. I was like, and so like, I, I'm, I'm so on board. I'm so on board. Um, so give me this easily. Give me this. Um, and obviously that that one probably has the likelihood of just not making sense, but I'm still here for it. Um, another film that I'm uh, looking forward to, my number six to round this all off here real quick, uh, is Fiari by Michael Mann. Uh, I am. ferrari probably adam driver yeah it's in his name it's gonna be so fucking sick and like these set photos of him in makeup and like it just it just screams best actor it really does and this oh my god this is gonna really kick me in the nads man i'm so fucking ready for it all right i got that one on my list too so that's good (laughs) um
0: all right yeah yeah, you definitely you went you went, hey, let's find the things that may come out in 2023. No, I looked, dude, I looked, I no, looked into it. I, th- I think you're right about a lot of those, but they just haven't officially set dates of any kind. So they don't have the the signature in letterbox. So that makes sense.
1: Um. Well, I did have one film in particular that was in my top. But after the news broke yesterday where the production is kind of uh, in chaos and madness, I had to kind of bump it out.
0: Yeah, I think I'm calling an audible here. Give me 1 second.
1: Oh, oh, we got to we got to play on the field.
0: Cuz cuz oh. here's the thing. I mean, I'm going to give my audible mentions to things that are like just wholeheartedly me that I cannot wait to watch. Uh, things like the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles movies produced by no, Seth I'm, Rogen, I'm Ghostbusters Firehouse, the follow-up to Ghostbusters Afterlife from like Jason Reitman and his team with those those kiddos. Um, But I'm right there with you with Asteroid City. Can't wait to see that. And then Cocaine Bear. Easily one of my most anticipated movies. Sheerly on premise alone. with the the amazing poster that uh, we have. And then I think the one that I will actually go into talking about is... Maybe my biggest question mark of the year. Because I really think this could easily be either... Disney's showing that they need to make major changes in their animation department because they have lost their way or a very major return to form in the animation realm when it comes to Disney and their, their Walt Disney animated pictures. It's a movie called Wish. It was announced at D23, and it's basically, with this being the 100th year of the Walt Disney Corporation, like Walt Disney started Disney... Like, as a company in 1923, we are in the 100th year, and with that, they decided to put out a movie about the wishing star, the overarching wishing star, that has been, like, a presence in the all of the connective Disney movies that we've seen, most of the prisoners' movies. Like, it's the wishing star from Pinocchio, basically. And they're making a movie that is kind of like a fourth wall breaking, almost like nod to themselves about this wishing star with a brand new princess played by uh, Ariana DeBose. So I am very excited for this. It could. I really hope it's the return to form that this studio needs. I really do. But yeah. Other than that, Winnie the Blue, Blood and Honey. But then we'll end in there. <laughs> Jesus Christ. No, I'm just kidding. Uh Okay. So n- now for my, my actual top 10 going upwards. I uh, At number 10, the thing I just switched the into the spot for Ninja Turtles is Oppenheimer. I would not consider myself a super fan of Christopher Nolan. I am a major fan of the Dark Knight movies, and I really love the prestige, but Interstellar, exceptional movie. It's not something that I cling on to. Inception... I have only seen once and I didn't honestly love it the first time Oppenheimer seems like a a very up my alley movie just because not only is it a massive cast, but it's about this like World War II history of the atomic bomb. And I don't know that this has been really touched in feature films since maybe Dr. Strangelove maybe the idea of like, do we use the bomb? Do we not? Blah, blah, blah. And I think him being able to touch on that could be really exceptional. And after years of working as like a side character, Killian Murphy is getting a chance to like lead this motherfucker. And I'm very excited to see that. Um, After that, at number nine, another movie, or this is a movie that legitimately could be either bad, like really bad or a emotional send-off that we all want and that is indiana jones and the dial of destiny what good 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 okay no i was i i I I was like
1: where
0: you were dude i just with the fourth one being the fourth one and with him uh with our guy uh oh my harrison ford being as old as he is i just don't know what we're gonna get but the underlying hope that I have for this movie is in James Mangold who has become one of my favorite directors to watch as of late with Logan and Ford versus Ferrari and him being able to tackle this movie. And from what we see in the first trailer, I'm very excited to see what they can pull off with this movie, but there is always going to be the residual fear that this is going to be a mess, but I have high hopes. (laughs) Then after that, Oh,
1: it, I I'm okay. actually sorry to bud but like do you remember back when they were about to cast like Chris Pratt or Bradley Cooper? Oh yeah, they the wanted Wolverine to do a Jeff- prequel.
0: They wanted like to, do to do something it. that was inside the like span of time between the beginning of Last Crusade and Temple of Doom and they were going to get some younger guy and they're like Harrison Ford had to step in and be like fine I'll fucking do it again.
1: Jeez. Well he, and and he likes this more than Hanso. I think that's he very loves obvious this character. To, He's everyone, so protective of this character.
0: But yes, yeah. um, after that, a movie that we're getting very soon, and we talked at the b- top of the show, Ant-Man and the Wasp. I do think this could be either another average Marvel movie or an absolute game changer in the Marvel world. It looks like it could have the emotional weight that you need. It looks like the spectacle is there. Ant-Man as a character, like me and Brent said earlier... We have like this, in our friend group, we have this extra love for the character of Ant-Man. So if they give him a good send-off in this third film of his trilogy, I will be more than happy. Number seven, uh, I got Creed three. Oh, go ahead. I'll cut
1: that well, gonna out. Well, was going say, isn't, uh, like, Peyton Peyton Reed is, like, he he's what? Almost the second director that is able to do a trilogy of films with James Gunn, like James Gunn? Only this, like yeah, other, yes. He's the, he is yeah. the
0: second after James Gunn who, Well, technically he'll be the first because his movie comes out first, but James Gunn shot his movie, I think beforehand. Um, But yeah, the number seven, I got Creed three after Creed two, which was not as good as Creed one, but I love what they did with the, the nods to Rocky four, which is like my, one of my favorite Rocky movies, maybe my favorite Rocky movie sometimes, but what this one and the presence of Jonathan Majors in not only Creed Three but, like I said, in Ant Man and the Wasp, these two movies are going to be elevated by the by Jonathan Majors. He is one of the up and coming actors in Hollywood right now. His his talent is effortless, and to see him get these massive roles, but like all in one year. Is just a testament to that fact. So I'm very excited to see both of those movies. And then number six uh, is sitting pretty cool. Oh.
1: Yeah. If I yeah. could, but- real quick, uh, what you're saying, it's like Jonathan Major's, how you have him in back to back anticipated films here. He also has a third film coming out this year uh, mm-hmm. called Magazine Dreams. And he plays one of the first black amateur bodybuilders. Uh, I'm going to be very curious to see how that one is. It it looks like it's it's running in Sundance this month, so it, it'll get first looks at that.
0: So but, that's why he yeah. got shredded.
1: He's going to have a year. Apparently, that's why he got shredded. Yeah, yeah not for a-
0: Creed, not for the Marvel movie, which normally you get the star getting shredded. He got shredded for a bodybuilder movie because this dude is massive now. It's insane. Mm-hmm. But Yeah, I'm very excited. He's hell of a hell of an actor. And then my number six, What I'm anticipating as maybe the funniest movie of the year is Barbie. Oh, yeah. It's been pretty, and I cannot wait to see what they have to offer us with this fucking movie. Anytime they allow Ryan Gosling to be funny, I will buy a ticket. I don't give a fuck. Like, it could be a Barbie movie. But if they're letting him be funny, I think he is one of the most underrated comedic talents in Hollywood, and I can't wait to see it.
1: it, Exactly. Like, I I think his performance in this in saturday night live when he hosted it was probably like still holds true to like the last 10 years like his episode was freaking hilarious
0: dude the bit on jimmy kimmel that he does with will ferrell the knife guys the knives guys the knife guys is one of the funniest late night talk show bits of all time And, and they've never been in a film together can you believe it yeah i would oh my god spirited would have been so much better it, it would have legitimately been a better movie if it was Ryan Gosling instead of Ryan Reynolds. And I love Ryan Reynolds. It would have legitimately been a better movie.
1: You can see my face like that. Yeah,
0: that, is a, that is a revelation oh. we've just had together. All right. Brooklyn. Now, <laughs> the creme de la creme of what we are looking forward to of this year, I will just jump right into my number five, which I think will end up being a little bit higher on your list. So I will keep my notes a little bit brief, but... Mission Impossible 7, Mission Impossible Dead Reckoning Part 1 is going to be the best action movie of the year. After a year where we had, oh, is it not even on your list? I forgot about that. I'm having a full Home Alone, like, scream Dude, moment. This is I incredible, have folks.
1: films on this list. I have 100 films on this list, and it's not even on here. Dude, how the fuck did you do that? I have 103, and I completely forgot about that movie. Oh, my
0: God, yes. This is an all-time <laughs> moment on the Sin Arrivals podcast. Oh, my God. Wow. Well, then I guess I'll go into a little bit more detail about this Well, movie. I'm going to add thought... it to the fucking list. Yeah, absolutely. I can't fucking oh, wait. I wow. cannot wait for this movie. It's a long time coming. After we saw what Tom Cruise is still able to do with box office, I cannot imagine how much money this is going to make. He is truly the last of the movie stars that can like sell movies on his name alone. And this mission impossible franchise has only been evolving in it's in its level of action spectacle from day one. And it's one of, it is one of, if not arguably the greatest action franchise in film. I cannot wait to see what they have to cap off this final, like mission for Ethan Hunt to take. Yeah. I can't believe that just happened. That is an amazing thing. I thought it would be your number one
1: number one this is uh this is stunning this is a showstopper yeah um okay so since i just had to add that into my top five i won't say where yet um i'm gonna quickly uh my number i'm as quick i'm gonna quickly bring up my number six here absolutely and then go to my number five but uh my number six is maestro uh this is bradley cooper's next directorial film um and i think uh, it also has Kerry Mulligan, Jeremy Shawn, Maya Hawk, Sarah Silverman is in this film. Um, my love. And, and so this is obviously, it's a portrait of Leonard Bernstein and the...
0: the s- all right. I, I understand. I I We're going to have this conversation until this movie. I don't know if it's Bernstein or Bernstein. And there is a difference.
1: I think, I think I've heard Bernstein, but okay. But anyways, yes, yes. But, but I think this film has jumped my anticipated list so high because of the success that Tara's had. And like the the approach that that film has kind of like given me into what this film could do. And Bradley Cooper, I mean, I think a lot of people know now that a star is born was one of the like best received and I mean, not even just critically success, but I think in terms of like what he was able to do as uh, an actor turned director was outstanding in in certain areas um can't wait for that one if you've looked at his prosthetic makeup he looks just like him this is an early front runner for make hair and makeup if you ask me but i i'm excited for it bradley cooper is easily like one of my top five favorite actors and going into number five uh you may mention of this one in, as your number 10 but i have oppenheimer um after that first trailer i mean are we fucking kidding me like christopher nolan is there's no reason like he gets ridiculed as the director he is i mean he has a love for cinema that is almost an unspoken language to some people but yeah if you're able to read what he's putting on screen it is some of the most like well captured but also like authentic reality of like what he can do like he really transforms time obviously he has a boner for it but he's able to like tell a story that is just as meaningful and impactful with the characters and i think what he has going on here with oppenheimer and like the the building of the atomic bomb and like how he's really going to be pulling this off with practical effects and not just like cgi and whatnot i th- i think this is going to be fantastic yeah it has an ab- absolutely insane cast but that's cool uh i'm it, just as excited to see killian murphy as a lead in this as anyone uh but i also am going to be excited to see robert Downey jr uh in a more um crucial role to a film that's not him playing iron man oh, uh, so- but, yeah oh shit so I'm excited for that one. So, yes, I, I think after the first trailer, I was just like, well, cap it off. Movies, movies are are getting like 2023 is just going to be so much this better.
0: Feels, dude, this feels like a real year as like something I can finally fully say.
1: What? Uh, you can go to your number
0: four. All right. My number four is a movie that I have had my eyes on for a very long time. Concept alone, but mostly because of the director who is behind the movie. It's a movie that had to change its lead actor after a controversy that uh, occurred about his sexual pleasures. Uh, and that is the movie Next Goal Wins. And that actor is Army Hammer. Right. Because uh, they uh, they had to kick him out and uh, actually replace him with Michael Fosbender. No. Or Will Arnett. Sorry. Sorry. Will was Arnett stopped. was the yeah. flip.
1: Oh, it was, yeah.
0: Yeah. Will Arnett took his role. Anyways. Taika Waititi's next movie is called is about uh, basically about a shitty soccer team called Next Goal Wins and you're mixing Taika Waititi getting to write original script again because obviously we all saw Lo- Thor Love and Thunder and yes, he may have leaned too hard into the comedic tones of that movie, but I still very much enjoyed it. You got him being able to touch on soccer, which is something I've played my entire life in a sport that I love and... I mean, Michael Fassbender, Will Arnett, and Elizabeth Moss are the three leads that are attached to this movie, and we don't know very much at all about this. We don't even know if he's really working on it. Uh, It might have already been shot because this movie has been in talk since the pandemic. So it is up there in the air whether or not we get it this year, but if we do, it's going to be very much at the top of my list of things to see.
1: Right now it has released in September, but it's been in the work or like he's been done with it for a while. I just think they didn't release it for whatever reason. Well,
0: I think that whatever reason was army hammer. uh, I mean, uh, not too much. Um, I don't think it is either, but like, yeah, I guess. And, and he got busy with Thor love and thunder. So it was easy to just shelve for now, but if it does come out this year, I'll be very happy.
1: So mine, my number four, we talked about it at the top of the hour, uh, Bo is afraid. I am so excited to see Joaquin Phoenix just like tackle this this film this character uh ari aster is quickly moving up into like a, a, a director that in terms of what his uh what his mind is telling him to do creatively is is really neat and so i'm I'm excited for that one uh everything i said was at the top of the hour and i'm just more excited knowing that it's coming out in april now really 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 am
0: mm-hmm. there's a lot sooner than i was expecting
1: it which kind of scares me that it's not looked at for the awards consideration so, but that, I mean, that happens. I,
0: you know what, but like Ari Aster being the name that he is, I don't know that it would have been in that conversation as like at all because Midsomar got completely ignored come award season, even awesome. though that one was pretty exceptional, especially in the performances.
1: Yeah, I just, yeah, that's fair.
0: But then my number three is a movie that I did not. N- even need but like if they keep making them i'll keep watching them and that's john wick 4 oh god okay he's scared yeah. you for- there. dude literally there there is going to be some stellar action this year between this and mission impossible and i'm assuming the choreography in creed 3 is going to be fucking insane when it comes to those fights i cannot wait to see what we have coming and John wick has just been stepping the game up every movie in the action department, more spectacle, more spectacle, more spectacle. Besides the fourth movie, we're getting the ballerina series, which has now been confirmed to have John wick in it. And that's starring Ana de Armos. So this world of John wick and like this underground assassin world that he lives in. And they created over the years with these movies is so interesting. I cannot wait to see more. I'm going to end up seeing this with my friend Tom Barra, who is my friend's dad, and we're going to have the best time watching this movie. I cannot wait. It looks incredible. And they're adding fucking Donnie Yen to this movie, one of the all-time martial artists in film history. So I'm so excited to see how they're going to go toe-to-toe.
1: On the note with, um, like, not only are we getting ballerino, that also just last month signed Norman Reedus which is going to be freaking outstanding um we're also getting the continental tv series which is like a prequel to the origin of the hotel which is going to be awesome with Ian yeah I I think there's a this this universe is just going to keep getting big I know they have a fifth one lined up and I think based on the success and it's and they don't spend a big budget on it which is fantastic so I'm I'm excited for this one as well I just don't have it that high uh my number three uh Mission Impossible Dead Reckoning uh only reason oh, among... dude, no way yeah the, i don't have it one and two and you'll know why when we get there um but also i only have it at three because it's a part one and oh, it, okay gonna, and i feel like this is going to end on the biggest cliffhanger that in film history in a fall at a fallout in a mission impossible film um it's it's going to be an intense uh ride at the at the at the cinema you know film and what I, and i think tom cruise is going to own the box office again i think he's gonna ride the success of Maverick into this film and mm-hmm. it's gonna be a treat and what's gonna be even more fun is that Barbie and Oppenheimer come out the week before this and it's gonna be an insane two and a half weeks an yeah insane and a half weeks. I can't wait for July literally just put me in a coma right now wake me up on July 1st I can watch every film that came out before that and look- I was about
0: to say if you do July 1st you're gonna miss Bo you're gonna be three months late I, on Bo
1: Israel is afraid I, I know I know and i might miss my mine but but i might be able to to catch up easily but i'm i'm excited for it i'm looking forward to seeing the new entries into this cast as well as like just the return of of ethan hunt i mean he's been a fan favorite of mine for the longest time and i think what we're gonna get here is gonna be some really neat shit uh stunts and everything and we're gonna we'll probably have a, a really nice conversation when this one actually comes out but yeah i'm excited
0: yeah, I don't know what we're going to do. We've already done a Tom Cruise podcast. We couldn't possibly talk more about that, man. Could we? <laughs> we we
1: could do a spy film. Oh, no,
0: what? Okay.
1: Spy film. Yeah, see, I already have these or just
0: like, Or just like a full me- uh, retrospective of all the Mission Impossible movies. Sure, fair, fair, Anyways, fair. Uh, I love what you said, though, about that part one statement, because at the end of the day, I think that's actually why my number two ended up in the spot that it's in, and that is Spider-Man into oh. the Spider-Verse. Thanks part one and because of this being a part one we just i just know that the story is going to end before i want it to and i hate that and that is that is something i always get myself a little frustrated with but god damn it if if the first spider-man movie was or the first spider-man into the spider-verse movie was wasn't like the most not underrated but like surprise of that year it was the best comic book movie we've had in maybe years just because of what it's all able to do inside of this animated realm that it has with all these fantastic characters and all these different versions of spider-man's these great voice actors and seeing that they're just doubling down and throwing as many spider-mans at us as we can like new spider-mans like daniel kaluuya Kaluuya, spider-punk or whatever i cannot wait to see what they have to bring us in this movie uh it's gonna be a hell of a ride
1: I'm I'm excited for that one. There's no doubt about it. Obviously, you're gonna watch. I honestly
0: might watch it in 3D. Yeah,
1: yeah. Um. So my number two is is uh, pretty obvious. Uh, this one also stars Michael Fassbender. Um. This is David Fincher's The Killer. Uh. This is the Netflix film that will probably come out probably in fucking November December. Uh. This is Michael Fassbender plays an assassin, a, a brutal, bloody, and stylish noir story of a professional assassin lost in a world without a moral compass. A case study of a man alone, armed to the teeth and slowly losing his mind. Uh, This also stars Tilda Swinton. Um, Yeah, I'm already checked in. Uh, There was a quick four-minute behind-the-scenes video that came out last month, and it looks very exciting. Um, Obviously, David Fincher, I wasn't a fan of his last film, Mank, but that doesn't mean I'm still not excited to see what he has. And what's really interesting is Michael Fassbender hasn't been on the screen in years. I think it was like Dark Phoenix was like the last thing I remember seeing him in. And he's like always been a favorite, a favorite of mine too. And and I know apparently you want you ready for a fun fact. He's Go. have you heard that he's been busy like driving with like Ferraris and whatnot, like at Formula One racing. Have you heard about that? He no. has a he has a YouTube channel of him racing in these Formula One cars and like his practicing and whatnot. That's hysterical. And last last year he performed in Le Mans 24, 24 hour straight race. Didn't hmm. didn't break any obviously news and whatnot, but when his wife, Alicia Van Kender, Alicia Van Kander was on uh, the talk show uh, promoting one of like her films or TV shows or whatever, she was talking, was talking about, about how he performed in that, hmm. and I'm like, what a fucking badass is Michael Fassbender, and we finally get to see him on the screen again, and I'm so excited. I I know I've waited a long time for this because it's been in the works for like three years, but that's just Dave, David Fincher's process and post is like he makes everything to the. Oh, yeah. book. But yeah, we're we're on our each other's number one here, and I'm curious to see where you're where you're at. Cause I, I I can guess, but I don't know if it's gonna be right. Can I guess? Yeah. Is it guardians? Yeah. Good. Yeah, it's guardians.
0: Cause you know, oh I've God. spent so much time <laughs> with these characters over the last few years or whatever, almost 10 years now, cause 2014. And The fact of the matter is I didn't think we would ever actually get this movie because when James Gunn got fired all those years ago for those fucking dumb tweets by Disney and whatnot, and that led to James Gunn being in the position he is now at DC. So it actually honestly worked out for him probably for the better. I didn't think we were ever going to see a a genuine full-fledged conclusion to the story of these characters that was set up by this amazing, like, innovative actor who is, or not actor director who has now made such a huge name for himself in Hollywood because of this movie with these characters. And now he's getting to conclude that story. I just, the, the anticipation levels are too high. I love these characters. I've always loved the music. The guardians have always been able to get me emotionally. Like the second movie, I don't think is nearly as good as the first, but God damn it! If I don't cry every time I hear "Father and Son" now because I think of the movie, it's it's a um, part three. Like a, it, basically, I think it could round out the, the Guardians threes could round out the one maybe one of the all time greatest trilogies of of uh, uh, film history. And I'm not like trying to be overzealous, but I really think that could
1: be what we get here. Yeah, I I, I think um, I
0: mean, this... it's the Guardian's farewell and it's yeah. James Gunn's farewell to the Marvel because he's going to be working in D.C. and very busy over the next eight years, scripting out 10 years of movies or whatever.
1: I, I, th- I think this film is going to probably be like top three in terms of box office. I think this might be Marvel's best film that comes out this year. I, I'm excited for it. I know these characters are beloved amongst everyone, and I think it's going to have, pro- like, I believe its emotional payoff is going to hit harder than Endgame was, because we knew oh yeah endgame was going to be the endgame for right. a lot, but, like, you're getting a lot with uh, what we've come to love with these characters and such a uniqueness that they are within the comic book universe, and mm-hmm. it's, it's going to be exciting at the same time, very heartwarming, like, this movie is gonna give you a hug, but not before you probably ball your fucking eyes out. And it, it, yeah, uh, I'm curious to see where it takes us. That's for sure. Um, the trailers, the one trailer that it's given us has been actually probably one of the better Marvel trailers we've had. So I'm, I'm excited. I have trust in James Gunn in that department. I don't have trusted him in DC, but I think. we uh, Oh God, you suck. <laughs> Thank- <laughs> All right, James. All right, James. Okay. Um. You want to take a stab at my number one?
0: I have no idea now. I told you what I thought it was, and now you and you didn't even have it on your list until a few minutes ago. I know
1: because yeah, I I can't wait to share that with you guys.
0: I can't. You were so busy (laughs) looking for like the obscure shit, you were like, "Eh," and just (laughs) disregard a movie I've been waiting five years for.
1: Um. Okay. So this film, I, I this film that is my number one. I've waited nearly five years for because that's when it started shooting um this has been in one hell of a post and that is killers of the flower moon oh uh, there part. it is this is Martin Scorsese's next film with Leonardo DiCaprio and Robert De Niro with Jesse Plemons Brendan Fraser uh Lily Gladstone apparently is gonna have a really big supporting role in this one and I'm just a huge cast uh as well but like I'm excited to see like just what Scorsese has left in the chamber man like I think we need to start appreciating these filmmakers uh as old as they are, because who knows how much longer we have with them. And I mean, you you can't tell me that like Scorsese hasn't had just his hand on the right direction of cinema in, in his entire life. And mm-hmm. I, I wasn't a big fan of Irishman. I wasn't a big fan of his last film, just like with David Fincher. But I think what we have with him returning with De Niro and DiCaprio, I am on board. I know DiCaprio is playing a supporting role. I know there was a lot within its, uh, its pre-production on changing a lot of the screenplay um this is written uh by eric roth who's a well-known writer within the midst of things but this is basically it's about it's set in 1920 oklahoma and depicts the serial murder of members of an oil wealthy osage nation and a stir a shrine of brutal crimes that came to know as the reign of terror this is also apparently the start of the uh cia i believe it's what it was like jesse Plymouth is gonna i I think is going to be playing uh in terms of like a law figure and i'm just i'm so excited for this i it's coming through apple it'll probably have a very limited theater run i think they're target last i heard they're targeting the summer um scorsese came out last year i don't know if this is true or not but like apparently he had this film done and then they went back and did reshoots in august and he's kind of holding it back because of spielberg's film the fablemans he wanted spielberg to kind of have his run and they've appreciated each other throughout their careers that he wanted to have him have this moment and then Scorsese was like I can come back with with mine later and I'm excited for this one I I just I don't know what to expect but I'm still gonna have it as my number one um this might have been in my top five last year I just and because I thought it was coming out and I was a fool but I know it's coming out this year I know it is Mm -hmm. um and I'm and I'm I'm definitely just I'm so excited for it I wonder if there's anyone famous doing the cinematography to it Uh, not too much um I'm I'm so pumped.
0: Is it did is Apple doing a,
1: a Ooh, limited all, limited is... time release? I'm sorry, what
0: is is Apple doing a limited release in theaters? Yeah. Sure? yeah.
1: Yeah. It's okay. at least gonna get the one week so it can so it's for the award consideration. I must have missed it where it went from two to one. But I mean, last I heard was a July like a July uh or May to July. Well no, it's premiering at Keynes. So, uh so that kind of gives you an estimate of what's going to happen here. Um, it was, it's a big title easily, and I just can't wait to see, see it all come together. I, I'm, I'm so excited for it. I really am. And, and I wouldn't be surprised if, like, obviously DiCaprio is going to be running more and supporting, but I think people are going to like really wake up and see the talent that Jesse Plemons has, and if they haven't already, I think this is really what it's going to, uh, the film that's going to do it.
0: Absolutely. I, he'll always be budget Matt Damon to me though.
1: I forget that he was in Breaking Bad every time I hmm. clips of that. Um, but yeah, I mean that's that's our most anticipated films of the year. I mean, easily so a lot to look forward to. I know we didn't talk there's a lot we didn't even talk there's about. There's literally
0: so many movies to look forward to that Brent forgot about
1: one of his favorite franchises of all time, folks. hmm I know, I know. There there's there's so many. Uh we didn't talk about Fast X. Nope. We didn't talk about Meg Renfield. Too. To talk about make two, uh there's
0: so uh, it's it's gonna be an exceptional year. These a lot of these movies could be bad, but guess if they're good, it'll be yeah. a pretty damn good year.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. We have, I mean, we have a couple more Marvel films. We have uh Hungry Games prequel, mm-hmm. um, a new M Night Shyamalan, two yep. water films, Aquaman, a little <laughs> bit, uh apparently Wonka, which is a musical. Sure. Um it's really kind of like trying to spotlight everything we have. A up with scream. I'm waiting Stick.
0: for the haunted mansion movie. That is not the haunted version mansion. that I wanted, but it's. I'll take it.
1: Yeah. Um.
0: Blue Beetle. Uh, like, like DC is going to keep putting out movies, even though we know that that those universes aren't going anywhere.
1: There's uh there's a new Magic Mike movie. Uh, that's that's popping around. And I,
0: the one thing I didn't mention was Hayao Miyazaki might have a new movie coming out. Yes, but that yeah, is, that's yeah. if they finish it. Yeah, uh, I, that that one's the uh, how do they how do you live?
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, Um, there's there, what's going to be fun, though, is like there might like where we just named our anticipated 10 films. There'll easily be something that kind of like overshadows that that pops in there. Oh, yeah. Uh, always- Something's going to some there's
0: going to be a big uh, something that pops up. Mm-hmm. At some point this year that we totally missed that will easily probably be one of our favorite movies, but we will see. But yeah, that's great. Do you want to, do you want to, or I got, I actually, I got it right off the top of my head. So I'll just go off, go ahead and uh, give my recommendation before we end the movie or the movie, before we end this podcast this week. And I finally have been watching something other than just a bunch of fucking Christmas movies. So I have an actual recommendation and it's a movie that I fucking hate myself for not watching sooner a movie that released last year, a movie that you talked about that I was like, oh yeah, I'll go watch that. And then I waited to like pretty much the last day of the year to watch it. And that's enter galactic, the animated movie that was like basically a way for kid Cudi to release his new album and then have like a visual medium to tell a story and also use the music. But it's also an exceptional romantic comedy with incredible animation Amazing music, trippy visuals. I loved every minute of it. And I like as much as I loved just looking at the colorful visuals and the animation, I really was invested in the romantic story that was being told. So I thought that was really great. And I, I love Kid Cudi, dude. I've, I've, been, I've loved that dude since middle school. So this was just a, an exceptional piece of filmmaking that I pushed off way too long and should have
1: just pulled the trigger earlier pursuit of happiness man um yeah no no solid option there i i'll recommend uh i watched fatal attraction again uh but i did so because we're getting a tv show adaptation mm-hmm. um coming later this year year with joshua jackson amanda pete and Leslie chaplin i uh kaplan i did it again um i am excited for that one i think i think the film is like in a uh, one of those introductions into a, a genre that really offloaded a bunch of films. I'm kind of wondering why we never got, like, I know we have a bunch of female fatile films and whatnot, but I never knew why we didn't get a fatal attraction cinematic universe. Like there really could have been three to four more of these films that involved just the, the infidelity of adultery and the lust and desire mm-hmm. of married couples and not married couples. And like, I think there could have been something there that I'm hoping maybe the TV show, um, Expl- explores i don't know if it's like a it's supposed to be like a spring release date if i'm not mistaken but i'm i'm excited for that one i like everyone that's involved with this one uh, the film fatal attraction glenn Gloss is is remarkable in that definitely a breakout role and we've talked about michael douglas before on the pod he had such a staple in the 80s and 90s as a leading man in hollywood that it was kind of cool to go back and rewatch. and then an archer is just beautiful i i don't know why <laughs> would, i don't know why you would cheat on it <laughs> but yeah that, that that'll, that'll do it here we'll uh we'll come back to you once we get um non-megan films and theaters
0: <laughs> which will be every other film yeah do we have anything do we even have anything for next week i guess we could watch yeah. house party
1: there's really i mean i don't know we'll probably yeah, get to. we'll definitely show. see on but Rainbow it Auto and some other stuff yeah yeah
0: I'll
1: i probably... think our next big film though is not going to be till knock at the cabin i'm not shamalons next film which is a month from now which I'm looking forward to it, but uh, unfortunately, the second trailer. Really know, I think cool. I'm
0: pretty sure it's number fifty in my top fifty most anticipated movies of the year, and the only reason I'm anticipated for it is because if it's like a the happening situation.
1: Mm-hmm. Well, well, that's next. Yeah, I gotcha.
0: But anyways, thank you guys for listening. Thank you guys for coming back. This is a new year, same podcast, so we will keep bringing you episodes as long as we have time to record them. <laughs> um, but for Brent, for Brett, for the Sin Rivals podcast,
1: I say farewell for this episode.